What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of INT's The Podcast. It's not that serious. I'm your host, A-Train, joined by my good friend and co-host, King. What's going on, King? Oh, excited to talk about college football. Yeah, as always. I was excited. This week, um, I would say coming into the week, it wasn't that many games that was very interesting, but we did get some interesting results, so we have a lot to dive into. So we're going to kick things off, though, with Syracuse at Clemson. Uh, Clemson was down 21-10 at halftime, but, but, but was able to rally in the second half behind, behind that great defense and end up pulling off the win 27-21. They're firmly in the mix for the playoffs here still. So um, what are your, your, your thoughts on this game? What are your thoughts on the way Syracuse played? Any surprises there? And then what about moving forward with Clemson? Do you think they have a legit shot of making the playoffs? Well, I did watch this game, and – while watching this game, I already had picked my player of the game. <laughs> and he he was player of the week. I won't give him player of the week because he they didn't win. But I'm going to just start it off. Can I just give the kid a prize sticker? You know. Who this? He gets a prize sticker. But it goes to safety, old Jihad Carter. A.K. Mr. Carter, I gotta say, son, you played a heck of a football game. He was—they credited him for ten tackles. He's he all on the field. To, he had to be involved in at least ten more. <laughs> the, the kid had a interception, a huge interception. He recovered two fumbles. He, he he played as good of a football game as you can possibly play, and. He's got nothing to be ashamed of. And I think he actually is a great example of how Syracuse played. They played great football. They gave it everything they had. And while they did come up short, I don't think they have anything to be disappointed about. You know, no. they forced Clemson into a dogfight. Mr. DJ at quarterback, tough last name. <laughs> he didn't play well. Yeah, you know, he was thirteen and twenty one, but for only one hundred thirty eight yards, he got pulled. Yes, he did. Will Shipley at running back had a good game: twenty seven carries, one hundred seventy yards. The backup, Phil Muffa, he went for almost a hundred yards and eighteen carries. But Clemson did not look like a playoff contender, and I understand sometimes that that's just how part of it. You have to scratch and claw your way in, out of some of these tough games. But Syracuse looks like a quality football team. I yeah. think Notre Dame's actually going to have trouble with them when they play. Yeah, agreed. Now, what were your thoughts? Pretty much the same with you. I think that Syracuse came out looking strong. I think early in the game, the Clemson, they were shooting themselves in the foot. You know, fumbles. Yes. They had the, um, the uh, two interceptions, like, uh, including the pick six. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, so they weren't doing themselves any favors, and Syracuse did a good job of capitalizing on those mistakes. In the second half, though, that defensive line that I've been kind of talking about all season, led by Miles Murphy and um, Brian Breesey, Tyler Davis has been absolutely amazing this season. Like Tyler Davis, if uh, you know, we were going to do an All-American list and, and kind of pushed it back a little bit, but Tyler Davis was going to be my defensive tackle on that list. He's just been absolutely amazing yes, for Clemson. Yes, he has. And, and He's a guy who, you know, Murphy and Breezy are considered um, top 10 prospects. 
you know, he's not getting that love, but I think it's about time that people start recognizing this this, this kid can play. Um, I, yeah, he he's a big kid, but he's not a huge kid. Yeah, he's you know, not. He's a, I mean, you know, he he's just a good solid kid. I think he's one yeah. of those guys who just can, you know, uh, I don't I don't know where he's going to get drafted, but he's one of the guys who it wouldn't surprise me if he's in the league ten years. You know, kind of like how Kyle Love was. Yeah, um, he, as you say, he does. He's he's better than Kyle Love, but he gets oh, that yeah. same type of push where like, he he just goes out there, and you know, if you watch the trench play. That guy stands out. Mm-hmm. You know, every single play, he's getting the push, wreaking some havoc. And I believe he had two sacks Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Two sacks, yeah. Two and a half tackles for loss. Yeah, he, he, he made his presence known. From the interior. Yes, from the interior. Yeah, and... so, yeah so he's a guy who, you know, who I think, you know, did a great job at Clemson. If that defensive line plays like it plays in the second half, then, you know, I think you can you can um you can stamp that ticket to the playoffs. I really do feel that way. As for Syracuse though, I, I was impressed with the way they play. Um Garrett Schrader, former state quarterback, transferred out, you know, when Mike Leach came in. He played pretty he played okay. Um nothing special, but he did run run about twenty one times for seventy one seventy one yards. Obviously like some of those considered sacks, you know, counts as rushes, but um, that's the only thing about Syracuse that I do kind of question. You know, Dino Babers is a great coach, but you know, De'Aaron Strader has 21 carries. The um, the next guy has five carries. You know, so uh, the running back. So that's something that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say in their defense, that offensive line was getting overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. Now some of that I do believe, like you said, is just the pure talent of Clemson. Definitely. However, it just so. Do you think they just were trying to protect the the running backs because they're like, hey, look, we're not getting any push. Honestly, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you to be honest with you because they weren't moving them. Those guys are playing in the backfield quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, that'd be my only thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but outside of that, though, um, they play uh, very well as a team. Most people thought that Clemson was going to just eventually blow the doors out of them, but no, they didn't. Never happened. Syracuse jumped out first, and Clemson had to respond. And, and I, I do think this is ultimately going to help Clemson down the road, though. Um, you know, uh, they've been tested early in the season as well. You know, Wake Forest really pushed them to the limit. Georgia Tech surprisingly pushed them early in the season. Um, yeah, I was shocked by that uh, for a little bit until they pulled off, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's good to be challenged. So. Yeah. Um, Unlike yeah. Ohio State. Exactly, exactly. Unlike Ohio State, who will be getting challenged soon against Penn State, but really yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, so yeah, I th- that's my big takeaway though, is that I you know, I'm wondering what's going on with uh, Dino Babers and not giving Sean Tucker more carries. Um Tucker was a guy who's having a pretty good season. And even in this game, he averaged ten yards a carry. Yeah, he was. So I, not sure why. Yeah, so I can't put a put a finger on what was going on. I mean I, I the only people that know is Dino Babers, so yeah, it's uh, and he might have just out coached himself. Yeah, that happens a lot. Sometimes you get in these big games, and, you, and like you try to be smartest guy in the room, trying to all smart everybody, but you end up just all smarting yourself. Yeah, that that would be my thought. I think he just out coached himself, and and facing that defensive line maybe had him a little intimidated, thinking, "Hey, we're not gonna win that." But I got to agree with you. You got to show some confidence in that offensive line. At least give them a chance. Yeah. So, do you think that um, 
if if the playoff committee came out right now with their first polls, do you think Clemson is one of those top four teams right now? I would say yes. Hmm. It, but the only catch is there's some other teams on this list of games we're going to go over. I think that just might give them jump them, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. But they are one of the top five, top six best teams. Well, yeah, definitely top six. Right. I guess my question is, do you have the two Big Ten and two SEC teams above them? Well, I know what you would have. Do you think that the committee would have them above Right. This is like, to be fair, if I'm thinking like the committee, knowing them, they're probably going to have the two Big Ten and two SEC teams. See, I disagree, honestly. Really? Yeah, so one thing about the committee that I will say, they have been fair over the years to teams, you know, to, you know, two resumes. I just feel that Clemson has a better resume than both Michigan and Ohio State. They absolutely do. Um, Now, the question is this, though. Michigan has a slightly better resume than Ohio State with their Penn State victory. Um, So the question would be simply, how much do you value that win and how much do you value the way Ohio State is playing in those games that they're playing? Um, because I feel like you have to jump one of those teams. You can't jump Georgia or Tennessee. That's just not happening. I think no. that's. I think those are teams one and two in the in the playoff poll, not the AP, but just in the playoff. I think those are your, your top two teams right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, but you know, again, uh, we're a couple weeks away from that. But I, I it, it, it's, it's the question that I was posing, just you know, based on this this game. Yeah, we're about two weeks away, and I'm excited to see what that first playoff rank is going to look like. It should be interesting because Clemson, I think they deserve a spot in the playoffs. I do so. I, 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 do I actually think they deserve a spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyway, moving on. Another team who's hoping to get back into that conversation, though, was Oregon. Oregon defeats UCLA 45-30. to they had a big second quarter, scoring 28 points. And L.A. tried to make a run late in the game, but, you know, they kind of closed, cl- closed the lead a little bit, but Oregon was just a bit too much. Oregon rushed for 262 yards this game, so that's, you know, a big takeaway from there. Bo Nix, five touchdown passes. Um, I picked, I poked fun at him, but, hey, I mean, you know, great game against a highly ranked opponent. Um, yeah, for UCLA, Zach Charbonnet had a great game rushing, but – when you're behind the whole game, you have to pass, and they just, yeah, you just couldn't really do anything to really slow down the Oregon offense. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Watching the game, because I did watch a bit of it. I, I have to admit, I stopped it before halftime, you mm-hmm. know, because you know, th- this game was pretty much wrapped up. Yeah. It was obvious Oregon is a better football team than UCLA. I wasn't shocked. You know, I, I talked about UCLA's defense. I didn't think they were that good. I know they had some pass rushers with some inflated stats. I remember we talked about that. I'm not going to call any kids out, but none of those pass rushers who were going and beating up on little schools, none of those guys showed up. Bo Nix, you know, had a pretty clean jersey for most of that game. And just torch that defense. Yeah. You know, first Pac-12 <laughs> quarterback to have five touchdown passes versus a top ten team. I know that's an ESPN type stat, but he's the first guy since Matt Liner 
to ever do it. I just gotta say, I just wasn't impressed with UCLA. Yeah, and I agree. It's um it's an interesting thing because Oregon is on this high streak and I know they're playing better, but it is hard to forget that week one game. Yeah, exactly. Bo Nix is playing better. You got Troy Franklin who's looking amazing for Oregon, especially in this game. But like you said, that week one just it's just I can't forget I can't forget that that whooping that they took in week one. I just can't right. you know you just can't I can't unsee that. It's entrenched in my mind. So if anything it makes George's resume just look that much better though. The way it almost makes your I don't know if you remember you remember that year USC was gonna play Bama in the I believe it was like the Georgia kickoff or something like that. Or the peach kickoff, you know, it's one of those kickoff yeah. games. And you know, USC has this great entrance, they're all hyped up. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, the coaches are holding them back and they're showing all yeah. this emotion. <laughs> and those kids went running into the locker room. They were just re- you could see the looks on their faces. They were de- they were defeated half, and it's like this team isn't bad. Yeah, it's just that they're just not that good. You know? Yeah, wasn't they getting like fifty something to? Oh yeah, they they, <laughs> they they blew the you know they blew the doors off of them. But it that's what it makes me think of with this Oregon team. Georgia manhandled them. Yeah, and I don't think this team has gotten that much better over the weeks. The offensive line play hasn't improved that much. I haven't seen any, you know, significant changes. Yeah, the competition just stepped down. Right. You know, playing Georgia than playing BYU is a big difference. Yep. Now, I, one player for Philly, I, I will give a shout out, but it also shows how bad they played on defense. Uh, Mo, uh, Mo Osmond III, 17 tackles it was created for. He's a DB. Anytime that happens. A defensive back, 17 tackles. So, um, it's a good job for him, (laughs) but that's a bad sign for your defense. The the truly sad part is his primary position is cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not saying, you know, hey, look, you got to make the tackle, son. However, if your corner is leading the team in tackles, I want to say he was playing some in the nickel, but still, the point, point stands. Yeah, that's that's like I mean, that's like the Denver Broncos when you got Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson leading your team in tackles for multiple years in a row. There's a reason why you're on the worst run defense teams. Yeah, just just is what it is. Yeah, but. Yeah, good win for Oregon. You know, there's still questions marks, but if anything, it does help help them in their quest for a potential playoff spot. And if anything, it helps USC in that potential playoff spot because if they meet in that championship game and USC can pull it off only with, with one loss to Utah, then USC, you know, that's that's their path right there. They need Oregon to keep winning, and then they need to. I got a question Oregon. for you. Go ahead. After watching, you know, a bit of Pac-12 football this year, do you think any of these teams are actually going to finish with just one loss? Hmm. I would venture to say no, but I also have to check the schedules. Because I'll just – we'll just focus on Oregon USC because I believe that's their two best shots of a playoff team. Oregon has California, Colorado, which should be a win. I, I don't 
I'm not sure who Colorado can beat. I think so. Yeah, they have Washington, and then they play Utah, and of course they finish it with the uh, with yeah. Oregon State Civil War. Yeah, I don't think they call it that anymore. Oh, do they not? Oh, yeah, I think they stopped it. One of those things that they just stopped. <laughs> yeah, they just stopped. I mean, I kind of get it, even though you know, whatever. I always like the house broken games, you know. But their schedule seems fairly soft. Yeah, and especially have... considering that there are two toughest games: Washington and Utah, both at home. Yeah, now, both of them at home. Now you know going to Core Valley is just, especially in that game, anything can happen. But they're the better team. They're the better team, but Oregon State has they haven't been a slouch. No, they have. They gave they gave USC a dog fight. Yeah, I so, think they're like uh, what six and two, five and three. Yeah, they're, they're six and two. Yeah, yeah. Only loss is to Utah and USC. So that game, you know, we got to circle that. I mean, that's rivalry week. A lot, yeah, a lot of big games, but that could be a big game for the Pac-12. Definitely. But then USC, on the other hand, I don't think USC has much left on the schedule. I fully expect them to beat Notre Dame because I think that seat's getting warmer for that coach. I he's not the only coach on the hot seat, but I think that seat's getting warmer. But I said. USC is Arizona, Cal, Colorado, UCLA, and then they they finished the season with Notre Dame. So US, UCLA is not the uh, end of the season game this year. Yeah, that could be tough. You know, yeah. coach fighting for his job at the end of the season, a big win over a ranked USC team that could throw a wrench into. So, the Pac-12 could have a great matchup. USC versus Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. But there's some road bumps along the way to mess that up. Yeah. yeah. It is, as you say, uh, the Pac-12. It's going to be intriguing to see, one, if, if, if any of the teams end up with only one loss. But then, two, the fact that will anybody have the schedule sprint that's good enough to sneak into the playoffs. I don't think, you know, I think it's going to be the however many years in a row that we just don't have a Pac-12 team in the playoffs. And I don't think they're ever going to get a team in playoff again with the way that, you know, they're getting poached. So, Yeah, I have to say, if they don't get a team in this year, they're not getting in next year. Yeah. Speaking of not getting in, uh, Ole Miss goes to Tiger Stadium. Um, playing against my second favorite team of the week. Because uh, whoever playing against Ole Miss is my second favorite team. Uh, LSU wins 45-20. to 20. L- Ole Miss jumps out 17-3, then proceeds to get outscored 42-3 to 3 afterwards. Um Big game again from Jaden Daniels, who's really starting to come on for LSU. The run game actually came alive with Josh Williams in in Goodwin. Defensively, after that slow start, they really picked it up. Uh, Baskerville was all over the field doing his thing. Ole Miss just could not, you know, just they just could not replicate their first half success. Well, um, I think a lot of it came down to they couldn't get LSU off the field. Yeah. LSU, I mean, they ran for 252 yards and a very efficient 252, but they were 6 of 11 on third down. But the bigger question, well, the bigger takeaway from that is they held the ball for almost 37 minutes. Oh, yeah, they did a great job. 
uh, so, possession. The fact that they really didn't have that many third down attempts, and even when it got to third down, it didn't really matter. They were going to get the first down. Yep. So it's tough to be a lot of teams when you're just not touching the ball. And then, they, like you said, they were running the football so well. And, I, and they were doing something that we called on a couple weeks ago, design run for Jaden yeah. Daniel. It wasn't just him running because he just make one read and take off. It was actually his POs. It was read options. It was draws. You know, they were doing creative ways to get him involved in the run game um, where his blockers couldn't actually get down the field for him. Um, yes. So, and then Josh Williams ran hard, too. Longest run was only nine yards, but he had 76 yards of the day for 17 carries. So, if your longest run is only nine yards and you have 4.5 yards per carry, that's pretty impressive. Uh, that means yeah. you're just being consistent. And... Just a quick spotlight. That young freshman they have, Mr. Hal Perkins. Oh, yeah. That kid can play. Yeah. I'm not sure why he hasn't been getting as much PT, but Coach Kelly, you got to play that kid. Yeah. He's just, all over the field. Yeah. You, you just got to get him on the football field. That I, kid, I, I know he's played, but I feel like I have we haven't really heard his name called as much. Right. He But he, he woke up to yeah. be – on Ole Miss, and but were you even shocked by this? Oh no, 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 no! I, I mean, I was confident LSU was going to win, but when they got down seventeen three, I'm not going to lie, I was cursing LSU out. Like, come on, you guys are worthless. This is terrible. Yeah. What are you doing? But the things kind of righted themselves, and because Ole Miss resorted to being what I thought they were. And I was say, Ole Miss isn't a great football team. Their schedule helped them out quite a bit. The big question is this now. LSU has, you know, some games left on this schedule. Alabama, you can't afford to have a slip over LSU. In Duff Valley at yeah. night. You know. And, and, and um, LSU, LSU has a bye week. So that's going to be gonna an say, electric crowd. That crowd is going to be a hot crowd. And. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, Bama. Kayshawn's feeling pretty doggone good. Yeah, he's he's really starting to come. You on you now. can see the difference now. And it, it goes back to what I said earlier. She's when Mississippi State played them. I thought at that, that time of the year, Mississippi State was a better team because LSU was still trying to figure things out. They're starting to figure things out. They're now. starting to figure things out. This is a different football team than Week One, and I'm yeah. sure some people are saying. Well, wait a minute. What about Oregon? Oregon does not look like a different football team. No, they don't. They don't. I mean, now granted, LSU did get Molly Watt by Tennessee, but yes. Um, I mean, they had Tennessee came out, but uh, like, like I felt like they had a, a point to prove that game. Like, no, y'all not taking us seriously yet. Okay, we'll right. show you. But even still, as as good as Tennessee played versus uh, LSU. I just believe LSU, like you said, they're figuring it out. They won a couple of games. I just think this team is going to be a good one. Yeah, and that game, that's going to be an interesting game. I can see game day going there. Yeah, I think it would have to. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have to. But hats off to LSU this past week. Yeah, big game for them. And moving forward for Ole Miss. What do you see for them coming up? Well, 
looking at Ole Miss right now, they still this team could still easily get ten games, I would assume, because their schedule is fairly soft. However, I just don't think this team is that good. Like they have Bama, I believe, at home. Which they've been able to trip up Bama a bit. Yeah. They still have Texas A&M, who now, I would expect them to win, but I'll talk yeah. about the Yeah, we'll get to, to A&M later, but... Um, they still have Arkansas, who is Arkansas. Yeah. And then they have State. And if this was Dan Mullen, I think State would beat them. However, Mike Leach doesn't seem to care about rivalry games. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I don't think he'll be long at state because Yeah, you can't you can't you have can't that lose. attitude. No, you and you can't lose to Ole Miss. They will accept that they won't beat their rival Alabama. They're not gonna accept him just losing to Ole Miss. I, I would I wouldn't call Alabama a rival. Well they consider it a rivalry. I mean I don't I don't know uh for a rivalry there's to a, occur. It has to be <laughs> There's a name for that game. You gotta win some games. It's like know, it's like, like the, the Battle of Highway ninety eight or something like that. Yeah, it's it's something like that. But I was like, I mean, you know, there's somebody who probably takes that seriously. You know, yeah, is, is it is it really a rivalry? I, I guess somebody gotta uh, keep hope alive. Yeah, look, somebody's gonna sell a T-shirt for that. That's that's one of those types of things. It's Ole Miss should be at the very least going into the Egg Bowl. They should be, let's say nine and two. Yeah, if they're, I any... say at worst they should be eight and three because I, I I don't think they're gonna beat Bama, but they do got them at home. But I do think that Arkansas might trip them up, and A and M might. Or, or Arkansas or A and M can beat them, but I don't see them losing both games. That's why I say at first I say nine and three. I mean eight and three. I'm sorry. Right. Going to the game. If, and and just for full disclosure, they're going to be state. I've I'm, I've I've come to terms with that. You know, crazy things have happened this season. Yeah, but crazy. I've come to terms with that. Syracuse was, you know. And is still an ACC contender. Yeah. So, crazier things have happened. However, I'm leaning with you. I just don't think because Leach has the attitude that he has, I would expect that they're, they're not going to beat Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I, but, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. But uh, there was one more game, though, that was kind of big, I would say. TCU versus Kansas State. TCU, you know, gets the W. Um, Kansas State had a big second quarter of that game. It was up 28-17 to 17 at halftime. But TCU goes on to win 38-28. Max Duggan looks good again. Um, our boy Quentin Johnston, you know, only 74 yards, but he had a big touchdown. Yes. So, um, what are your thoughts about TCU right now? Uh, moving forward, still undefeated, still 70-0. I believe and. As crazy as it may sound, and I like, I really like TCU. I want them in the playoffs. That's I do too. I like them. Like I, right now, I, I hope they run the table for the rest of the schedule. I really like this football team. I don't think a lot of America has watched them play, but if you watch this team, they're play, fun. They, 
they're a fun team to watch, and they have some talent. They got some ball players. Yeah, I really, really like this team, and I want to see Max Duggan versus some some bigger boys, some bigger competition. I want to see Mr. Johnson facing Ben <laughs> DBs. Yeah, because he is still a man amongst boys. Yeah, I saw from Pro Football Focus they have him in their top ten prospects right now. Yeah, I think, and I and I'm we can lead pipe lock it, Mr. Johnson. If you ever listen to this podcast, son, you go run four or five or faster. Oh, don't do a, don't do another drill. Just go on home. <laughs> you got nothing else to show these because he has the measurables. Yep, and he has the tape. Just going home after that, you know. You can as soon as look as they're calling out four or five. Don't wait for the last number. Just keep on running out that tunnel. Yep, it doesn't matter at that point because perhaps I'm wrong. Has he probably possibly been one of the best receivers in college football this year? He's up there. I mean, I do think Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably the best. Oh no, I think he's putting up better numbers. But in terms talking in terms of impact, I still think Marvin has the junior. But uh, but I will say though for TCU because what they're doing and then just the fact that no one expected him to be seven zero at this point and how he's been a big part of that, especially like you know how we mentioned early in the season when you weren't playing about it, he just was kind of like just there, you know, just hanging around. Yes. But once that competition stepped up, he was like, okay, just just as Keyshawn Johnson once said, just give me the damn ball. That's all it. But it's working. Yep. And as I said, like Marvin, look, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a special player, but Mr. Johnson is a gamer. Yeah, that 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 kid. You want both of them on your football team. I just think the team that's going to get him in the draft, you're you're picking up a really good football player. Yeah, I will say though, I was I will just kind of go on a little side tangent here. This got to be one of the most impressive crops of receivers I've seen in college football in a long time. When you have Marvin Harrison Jr., you have Quentin Johnston, and then you got guys like Kayshawn Bouti, who's just not even doing much this year. But you know, we know the talent level that he has. Yes, you got, you got the you know the other Ohio State boys, um, uh, Mbuka, who's having a great season. You got Jackson Smith and Jake, who's probably the best receiver in the country. Who has he just got to get healthy. Yeah, um, you got. Um, I can't forget yeah. the kid at USC right now. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Jordan Allison. Yes, last yeah, year in, Hyatt in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's it, like I feel like the the crop of receivers this year is amazing. So, yeah, but yeah, this has been a really good one. You know? Yeah, but if anything though, it shows you how good Quentin Johnson has been. The fact that he's like getting this praise amongst this level of talent at receiver shows that he's just not not knows a uh, big fish in a small pond. And he hasn't been a flash in the pan. I guess that's why I'm. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing this kid play against some quote unquote higher level DBs because, like you said, in every big game they've had, that kid has made an appearance. Yep. I just, I want to see more. And no disrespect to Kansas State. Kansas State played a great football game, they gave it everything they had, but this was just another game. For TCU to just flex that muscle and say, "Hey, we we belong." And now, do you think it would have changed if Martinez doesn't get hurt? 
Do you think Kansas State has a chance to win that game? I mean, I think so, but I still can't take away what TCU is doing, though. Fair enough. I mean, they were up, like I said, they were up, what, 24, 28, 17 and a half. Yeah. I don't think they would have played that much better, realistically, but it's just a simple question. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a fair question because yeah. Martinez has played pretty great for Kansas State. I mean, yeah. you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fair, definitely a fair question. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but 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 like I said, he got hurt. He got hurt very early, though. So yes, very. Things, early. Like that's why I say I don't know because, um, it was so early in the game. Uh, it wasn't like he got hurt, you know, by halftime, and then you know that that's when they put up zero on the board the second half. Then I would right. then my answer would be totally different. But the fact that you know, um, without him, they still played very well, and then they just kind of leveled off. They ran out of gas. Exactly. So that's why I say you know, um. Not that, but um, but yeah. But speaking of Quinn Johnson, Quinn Johnson was a two-time Player of the Week. Who's your Player of the Week this week? Well, we gave the prize sticker to the kid at Syracuse. However, this week I'm giving it to Jaden Daniels. Oh. I thought the kid. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna say he's a Heisman contender yet. No, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna stop say, it. Stop yeah. it. Let's just say, look, he's not a Heisman contender or anything like that. But let me tell you, there's probably somebody's like, he's number 10 for the Heisman. But that's... No. It wasn't that type of game. However, he played a game that made me believe, I think this kid can play on the college level. I'm not saying he's a, you know he's going to light up on Sundays, but I think LSU has found their quarterback. I don't think there's any question that he is the guy for them. Yeah. You know? And he dominated Ole Miss. It was it was unmistakable that that kid. He simply just had a really good game. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. You know, Syracuse, look, you almost had it, son. If y'all get the win, you would have gotten it. <laughs> you know, because that's what I really wanted. But I just, I gotta stand by the rule. You gotta win the game. Yeah. Unless you just go just just bananas, and he was close. <laughs> you know, Mister Carter was close, but we're going Jane Daniels this week. Yeah, Carter clean sweep, and for the second time, you know, another uh, two time winner because Jaden Daniels was my pick last week as well. But I'm going back to Jaden Daniels. Yeah, um, just the game that he played. You know, five total touchdowns, no turnovers, um, just. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing much more to say that we haven't already. No, two hundred forty-eight yards passing, one twenty-one rushing, protecting the football, and starting to push the ball down the field more to his weapons. So finally, yeah. yeah so Jaden Daniels, props to you, two-time, the two-time, two-time for those who know not to disrespect, um, champion, <laughs> uh, player of the week. Uh, you know, Jaden Daniels. So congrats to him. Um, and yeah, I mean, there were some other guys I had in mind, Bo Nix in particular, but I ended up going Jaden Dance again just because you know, the big win, right? Uh, all right, and after that win, you know, they uh go from unranked to number 18 in the polls, and you know, top 25 is out this week. For the top six, there's not really much movement from last week, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, and Bama, TCU's up to seven, Oregon's eight. Or Oklahoma State nine and USC is hanging on in the top ten now. 
Wake Forest is also tied with 10. So, you know, that's a big win for Clemson right there. UCLA falls to 11. Penn State is 13. Not sure how they're still up there, but, you know, who am I to judge? Utah uh, at 14. Ole Miss 15. Syracuse 16. Illinois at 17. Illinois, interesting, has the number one defense in the country. Uh, Brett Bielema is doing a great job with the fighting line now. I never thought they would be relevant, to be honest with you. Uh, LSU 18, Kentucky 19, Cincinnati 20. Um, then you got North Carolina, Kansas State, Tulane, NC State, and South Carolina right up top 25. South Carolina, big victory over, over um, Texas a and They're 5-1, so shout out to Shane Beamer. Beamer ball? Yeah, Shane Beamer. I mean, he got them boys playing. He got them believing. Well, there's a few things I wanted to say, and we'll really discuss in depth about this on Friday. Is the slated games this week for some of these teams – I think in the preseason, we would have thought these would have been some matchups to circle. You know, Clemson versus – oh, no, they play on, on the fifth. But you got Michigan versus Michigan State this Saturday. Yeah. But I don't think that really matters. Tennessee plays Kentucky. Ohio State has Penn State Saturday. Then we got Georgia-Florida. But none of those games really excite me. No. I will watch Penn State in, old, in Ohio State, but – I'm I'm not too excited about the, the top five, you know, slate this week. Yeah, it's really not – I mean, it's not that excited. Florida and Georgia is not really that interesting right now. There's actually some news regarding that game we can kind of uh, – I'm going to get into later here in, in our RPO segment. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's really moving the needle. Oklahoma State and Kansas State is an intriguing game because, you know, yeah. Big 12 football just doesn't – doesn't fail to disappoint. Like, it's just been all point this season. You want some good football game, watch the week 12. And yeah. I, I will say I was wrong. Texas is not back. Yeah, they're not back. I mean, I mean, whatever. They're just not? Mm-mm. Nah. Never was, if you ask me, but, you know. Hey. They were <laughs> almost back. Yeah, in their mind, they were back. Just, I mean, we got Ole Miss versus Texas ain't them Saturday. A seven o'clock game. I don't know. Yeah. Can they flex that out? <laughs> uh, at this point, yeah, probably not. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Is yeah. Weird scheduling. That's all I can say. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely that. All right, but anyway, moving on. We're gonna do our RPO here. You guys know the drill. Uh, gonna read a headline. If you wanna run with it, we run with it. If you wanna pass it, we pass it. Let's do it. All right, so first topic that we got here today is get up my notes here. Um, a concussion lawsuit against the NCAA could be the first to reach the jury. Ooh, I'm gonna run with it really, really fast. All right, um, another guy he played with Junior Seau. It's I'm not sure what to say about stuff like this. Like, yeah. I understand why the family is after it, but I mean, it it was the '90s, the early '90s. It, yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, similar to like the the WWE thing where you know a guy has played, I mean, has wrestled for WWE, like. A long time ago, but they went and did other stuff, you know. But 
Right. Back in the same world, it's the WWE's fault, you know. So yeah, that's not not excluding, you know. Um, not saying who's at fault or not at fault. It's not for me to judge, but well, yeah, that's it's one of those things. Like you said, I'm happy you brought you know the wrestlers. You know, one of the reasons why those cases got thrown out is because one, some of these guys like well, I wrestled back in 1975, and it's like, well, that is true, but it's too late now for us to even know you know, what it is. And then for this, I mean, I know how football was taught just from my age. I'm sure you know. I get it. I completely understand. I mean, maybe they have some stuff. I'm sure they have evidence and reasoning why the NCAA is at fault. But I'm not sure. Like, it's... It's a... I'm not sure. And... How long have they been going after this case? Uh, well, I know he died in 2018. Um, I'm not but sure. What was the reason why he died? The same, basically, just traumatic brain injury. You know. Hmm. So okay. See, I don't know much about this because you got some people who will play football, and some of these guys, you know, you hear. Chicago Bears legend dies at like eighty five, and it's like okay, well you know you know they were playing footballs in the twenties, you know, with nothing on their heads. So, and then you got guys, but I mean it's such a different game now. I, I don't know, you know, that that's for the the legal system to figure out. We just talk football. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Like I said, like apparently he's been dealing with alcohol and drugs and things like that. Um, That's gonna muddy your case. To kind of cope with the trip, the head injuries. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a, um, it's something that you know I try not to do to to too much detail. It's more about the fact that you know NCAA may be going to trial about it than anything. That's kind of why I brought it up. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. That's a, it's an interesting thing though. Yeah. All right, moving on. We got Jackson State. College game day is going to be at Jackson State for the first time ever. Run a pass. Um, really, really quickly run. Congratulations to the swag. Congratulations to Coach Prime and everybody that's working at Jackson State. Congratulations to Southern, you know. Congratulations to all the kids on those rosters. This is your opportunity. You're going to be on prime time at some point playing football. You get to go and show your game to everybody. Yep. Go out, have yourself a ball game. If you play for Southern, if you play DB, or if you are a receiver, you know, this that game, you know, you make a big interception, you can find yourself on the scouts radar. Yeah, deep, you know, whatever position you play, you gonna make a play, hey, you know, you might get a little more love from another, you know, whether it's the NFL, the CFL, the USFL, the XFL. You you will have a little bit more of an opportunity to play your game after college. So congratulations to everybody. Now I will say this. Do you think they got college game day because this slate of games isn't that good? <laughs> I mean, it could have went to Penn State, I guess. Man, no. No. They couldn't go to Happy Valley. <laughs> There's nothing to be happy over there. Because we yeah. already know that's going to turn out like... Yeah... 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've given a spoiler for my picks Friday. <laughs> I was, I, I was thinking about not even including that game, but you know. Oh well, if we're not including it, oh, Ohio State <laughs> is about to run them all. But I, I am going to include. I mean, I have to. It's, it's battle brain team, so I, I would feel bad, you know, if I didn't. So, folks, you heard it here first. Take Ohio State, and whatever. I I don't care what the spread is. Just take Ohio State because they're going to cover. They might even hit the over on their own. Just (laughs) Uh, Speaking of covering, though, I don't know what the line in this game either, but the future of the Florida-Georgia game is up in the air per the university statement. I'm going to pass. Because I think we're going to do eventually a conference alignment. We can circle back to that because that's a pretty old game. Yeah. But I think the game itself might continue, but yeah, it is interesting. And you know, and um one side note though about this game. So I don't I know we're we're passing with it, but just to make one side note, Kirby Smart has been one of the advocates for changing at least the location of the game because he feels that uh is unfair for recruiting purposes because he can't host recruits because he's getting cheated out cheated out of a home game. So he's been advocating, you know, they move it for a while because of that. But yeah. Are you kidding me? Why not just rotate? You y'all having Atlanta one year and Jacksonville in the other? Well, I think neither team could use it because it's considered a neutral site, so they're not allowed to host recruits. They can leave tickets, but they can't host recruits. Are you kidding me? But I'm like, was, oh my god! Like I'm just like, you got all these games. You're Georgia. You you're recruiting just fine. But yeah, anyway. All right, all right. Um, LSU is fine. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, they played the net. After a win over Ole Miss, I mean, I guess there's really only one thing to say after that, you know. Ole Miss, look, S T. All right, moving on here. We got (laughs) (laughs) family show, people. Family show. Hey, I was just gonna spell it out. Uh, to kind of piggyback on our topic last week here, uh, Jim Barbaugh calls out James Franklin as the ringleader of the Michigan-Penn State tunnel tussle. <laughs> I'm going to run with it really quickly. I am not the biggest fan of this horrible Big Ten trio going on. <laughs> but, frankly, I said it last week. Stop worrying about jawing in the tunnel and, and and play some football on the field. Yeah. You guys got run over and you worried about some words. I'm yeah. sure they were probably telling y'all stuff on the field too. Yep. How about you tackle somebody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's just I think it's just crazy. Just crazy coach drama. Like it's always it, funny when you have these coaches going back and forth. And yeah, I love Harbaugh's comments about how he had bigger, bigger fish to fry than a, than a comment on that, but then proceeds to say that. Well, of course, they, 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 they proceed to say that it was it's it's, it's a sophomore of James Franklin and that he was the one who was the ringleader. So it's like, well, you gonna comment or not comment? Sound like you comment a lot. He, he commented on something he said he wouldn't comment on because he had bigger things to do. As he's commenting about the little thing, it. You see why I think the Big Ten is just full of foolishness? Yeah. It's, and is it, Franklin, this would not have mattered 
if y'all just would have won the football game or yep. at least been competitive. But if I'm walking through the tunnel and my coach is screaming at the other team, the other team is screaming back saying, your team is not very good at football. If I'm one of those linemen, especially the defensive line, I mean, I could look over there and say some words, but all they're going to hurl back at me is the facts. Y'all can't stop us. And we're going to keep running this ISO because we're not very creative on offense. And there's nothing y'all can do about it. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And that's why they're going to run them all out of Happy Valley. I don't care if it's a whiteout. It's not going to matter. Book it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. All right. But, uh, a little bonus topic here. Not really a, not really any news to it, but Deontay Wilder released a music video. Um, what's your thoughts about that? Okay. Um, I mean, because it's a bonus, got to run with it. <laughs> um, you know, boxing and rap, oddly, this isn't the first time. Y'all must have forgot. Yeah, this is it's. I just why? <laughs> that's, that's the best way I can say this. But the thing is, I think he's like singing though. From what I saw of, he's like singing and using his African accent or something. I don't know what he was doing. It was pretty it's terrible. Not, it, shout, out, shout out to CJ by the way for 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 sitting in this five minutes before he went on the air today. It's so. it's amazing that he, one of the scariest punchers. In the history of the sport, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Burst Sugar was still here. He would say he's, you know, top 10 power punches all time. Yeah. Or top 20, because Burt's seen everybody. But he's easily amongst the 20 greatest punchers in the history of the sport. Yeah. And then to go do this, singing and rapping and in an accent that's definitely not yours. Yeah. Here's some comments from some critics. You know, you know, obviously that's trolls on Twitter. I'm sorry to be negative, but don't quit your day job, bro. This is trash. Somebody else wrote, for the love of God, stick to Boston. Boxing, I'm sorry. And somebody else posted, this ain't it, Chief. You know, so yeah. I mean, but- YouTube hasn't been much better either. You know, it put, I'll put it to you like this. This song has over 130,000 views. It's only got 5,000 likes. I mean, dislikes. Well, you know, they hide dislikes now, and I got the okay. feeling this one of those videos. No. I mean, there are some people who are like, nope. In fairness, there are some people who like it, who say it's good, that, you know, good job. But most of the uh, replies I've seen have been kind of trashing it. I can't judge it. I didn't listen to this whole thing. I just don't listen to part of it. I don't want to knock Deontay Wilder because, you know, you know, I love boxing. I would like to cover boxing one day. I would like to, you know, go to fights and maybe interview Deontay Wilder. I don't want to have him mad at me because I'm trashing this music video. So, well, even I, if I it just, is pretty trash. I'm going to just give you two comments off of YouTube and we'll leave it at that. All right. This man can drop anybody. He's the people's champ. So I will not say anything negative about his music. Now, 
to me, that does not sound like someone who's thoroughly enjoying it. He's just like, I refuse to comment. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one. Man, you really should just keep sticking to punching people. <laughs> just... Yeah. I... Now, my question is this, though. When he decided, hey, I'm going to drop this music video, and he went to his crew, his boys, you know, and posted this, I wonder how many of them would like, gave their honest feedback to him. Well, I I do agree with you. That's an interesting question. Hey, I, I'm torn. Because part of me says, like, hey, you know, hey, train, if I say, hey, we're going to just have some fun. This is not serious. That's one thing, we're, yeah. Right. I'm just having some fun. We just, I just wanted to shoot a music video for the sake of it. I'm going to be really cheap about it. I'm not throwing it. I'm not trying to go get a, a Drake verse or anything. It's just for fun. I'm hoping his homeboy's like, yeah, man, that makes sense. If he comes back and says, hey, I think I have a real shot in this music game, I hope they have a real honest, a really honest discussion with Mr. Wilder. <laughs> Just because, you know, I mean, I have a question. And it, it's about rap and sports. Why do rappers always try to be athletes? Exactly. And, and why and vice versa. so many athletes trying to be rappers? Just be happy at what you're good at. Yeah, I agree. Uh, everybody can't be a triple threat. Yes, you know, Beyonce can sing, dance, and act. Great. But, you know, Mariah Carey's still really good. She can't dance. Hey, Shaq went back, no? Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just stop now. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Shaq went platinum. So, I mean, you just put it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Again. Um, but for like that video, though, you know, what we say here, seriously. Yeah, yeah. that d- definitely. Yeah, seriously. Speaking that of seriously, definitely. yeah. Uh, Texas A&M. <sighs> Have you been keeping up with what's going on with them lately? It's hard to. It's a lot. It's a whole yeah. lot going on with that team. Yeah, so Jimbo announced that they have three offensive linemen that's going to be out for the rest of the season. But if that wasn't bad enough, they've also suspended three of their highly talented uh, freshmen indefinitely with a rumored fourth player as well. Whoa. Um, Yeah, um, two of them are five-stars, one of the four-stars. One of the guys, Chris Marshall, this is the second time been been suspended. He's from your neck of the woods, but with the North Shore. Yes. Uh, um, Very good football player. Yeah, I, I, I hate to get into rumors and stuff on here. Uh, but just to kind of give what they're saying, and this is per like you know ESPN, and well, this is per sources. I would say not just ESPN, but it's a locker room incident. That's the official statement. But uh, what people are saying is they were smoking weed in the locker room. Okay. Don't know if that's true or not. I don't think there's anything wrong with smoking weed, honestly. Like, at the point that we're going to now, it's probably illegal, but that's another story. It's not for we, us to get into. But in the locker room? Well, here's the catch with that, okay? Because I'm pretty much with you on that. Uh, you know, not to get too deep into that. I would assume, though, in this day and age, with almost, you know, most states have it legal in some way, Almost every state allows CBD. Hey, I think Texas actually still recognizes a lot of states' medical licenses. It makes me believe 
Do you really believe these kids are kicked off just for that? No, I think they'll be kicked off. I think it's more of just the disrespect of just doing it in the locker room. The reason and why I that's say what that, I was reading as being the issue of it was, well, was where. I'll just throw this out. Do you remember the name Speedy Noel? Oh, yeah. Super highly touted kid out of high school. We actually spoke about him um, a few weeks ago. Right. Great kid. But what happened to him? You know, no one really knows why he was off the team. He was off the team. Yeah. You know, my question would be is this. One, it is disrespecting the property. Like, it's one thing to go do something in your own time. It's another thing to come do something at somebody else's house. Yeah. You know, whether you agree with it or not, you know, I just, but I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to believe that you would suspend these kids for the season. And I say they're off the team because these are freshmen. A lot of these guys nowadays are so quick to transfer. Yeah. And then with all the other chaos going on at AM, the playing time rotation, especially if any of these guys are defensive linemen, you're not even getting reps. Why would you stay there? Yeah. And then my other question is this if it's solely because of marijuana, wouldn't they just? I, I'm just wondering how much truth are we actually getting here? Yeah, is there more to this? Just seems like there's more to this story. Yeah, I mean, if it's just that incident, then yeah, I do get the suspension still because you know it's kind of disrespectful to do it in the locker room, but but for the rest I, of the season, well, I think it's not necessarily the rest of the season, I think it's just indefinite. Like, they, they just I don't think they well, is it for the rest of the season or just indefinitely? So I thought it was just indefinite, which you know, which, which can means, you know, be listed tomorrow for all we care, you know, right. just until further notice. But it could be for the season. Could be for the season. I, I know they have three offensive linemen all for the season. So but, right. But either way, though, um, it's one of the things where, like, if even if they are going for the season, you have to wonder, like, you know, what pushed it to the point where you know. Because you know, yeah, I think we're both fair. Sometimes, you know, a straw can break the camel's back. Where he's just like, look, I'm done. Yeah. Y- y'all have been knuckleheads all season long. You've had strike one, strike two. And maybe, they, like you said, this is just strike three. And you're like, it is what it is. Yeah. I just, hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure about this one. This is a, this is a tough one. And yeah. AM has a lot of questions right now. Yeah, moving forward with them. So my thing is, you know, first, you know, that's a few ways to, to attack this. Like, you know, you can talk about Jimbo's future. You can talk about Texas AM, you know, their future. That's the that season, how they savage it. You talk, you know, you talk about this freshman class or what's gonna be with them. Like my question is this, like, um in their signing class. I'm not sure how many players they signed, but I just I just throw a number out without looking it up. They, they had 25 players signed. Let's just go with that number. Fair enough. How, how many do you think are going to transfer at the end of the season? 15. Do you think that many? I think at well, the rate they're well, going. From that class. From the class is what I mean. Not necessarily. Yeah. Though, but just from oh, that no, no, class. No. Do you think I 15 think, freshman leaves? I think 15. And this is the reason why. Wow. 
the but think about what's going on. You have a a roster that's not really performing. Like I said, all those defensive linemen just watching them play, you're rotating 15, 16 guys. If you're a freshman in that group, how do you even feel about that? Like you have no reason to stay like, okay, I'm barely even playing. And then the season's going terrible. The coach has all this craziness. Then what if some of your friends, oh, some of the guys who got caught and now suspended? It just seeing the way a lot of these kids move around and the chaos going on at AM, I can see a lot leaving. Yeah. I don't know how many people actually would want because you're, you know, you're leaving a horrible situation. Because, like we said, people want they want Jimbo gone. Yeah. And looking at AM, I remember you said it way back. And you said, Oh no, there's no way AM could win ten games because they lost. Well, I said nine games. Oh yeah, you said they couldn't win nine. And I said, Well, maybe they could. That's three four. At this point, I think AM's gonna get bowl eligible. Yeah. I would assume they just got to win three more. But looking at them, I don't think this team is actually going to beat Ole Miss. I don't think. Do you think this team can beat LSU? I don't think they will beat LSU. You know, it's a, it's a, I mean, I, I mean, anything can happen. You know, they could beat LSU. I think they have enough talent. But the thing is with A and M, their offense is atrocious. Their offense is ranked one hundred ninth in the country. Yes. That the offense is not working, but the reason why I say I don't think they can beat those teams, they don't get a pass rush. Yeah, you know, at a certain point when you're sitting there, and I don't know what their pass defense is ranked. I would assume it's not very good. You said pass defense. Yeah, I can look this up for you. But go ahead. See it. No, uh, what were you saying though? But no, that's what I was saying. Looking at it. A&M is doing pretty bad. This is this is a team that has a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. However, they're just not very good at football. You know, it, it, they're just not. Yeah. And be- I'd be really shocked if this team even comes close to figuring it out. I really would. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure what they can do. Because looking at Texas A&M, they're ninth in the SEC. They're on a three-game losing streak. They play Ole Miss this Saturday. Then they play Florida. I expect them to beat UMass. I do believe that will happen. Like the pass defense is actually twelfth in the country. Hmm. I'm actually. Oh well. I'm actually kind of well. That's that's not good. <laughs> the average. You know, I'm just looking at some of their key stats. 
quarterbacks are completing almost 60% of their passes against a Yeah. And opponents are averaging five yards a play. Third down conversions is north of 40%. I mean, I guess they're getting some stops. I guess. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you're not really... Isn't that just in low-scoring games? I guess, you know, Mississippi State put some points on them. Yeah. But, yeah, because I'm looking at it, I said Bama didn't get to do a whole lot because they had the backup quarterback. This team has lucked up. Yep. But I got the feeling the stats, obviously, look, we both know. Numbers don't say everything. But... Do you think that defense, because according to this, they're saying that defense is like number, what, top 20 in the country? Yeah, but I think a lot of it just due to the fact of, like you said, just low-scoring games, ball control, things like that. Like, you know, because while a offense is horrendous, they do a decent job of, of staying on the field for a little bit. Right. So, I mean, and, and, and against Bama, they showed that, you know, they did a good job slowing that game down. True. Um, so. And they have, they have the backup freshman quarterback. Yeah, that helped as well. Um, yeah, you kept turning the ball over. Yeah, but another problem this season. Ha- so, one thing about defense that I've always kind of like um, found interesting, though. So yeah, their pass defense is pretty good, and their you know the defense itself is probably up to top fifty defense, I would say. But they haven't been very good against the run. Uh, they're the Air Force of football yeah. today. They're ranked like uh, in the hundreds, um, one hundred two against the run this season. Okay, now I have a real question. So you don't have to pass when you can do that. But no, it, it doesn't matter. Should we just run the football? Okay, I harped on watching them play Bama, just counting the jerseys that came in the game. If you're rotating fourteen, fifteen, sixteen guys in your front along that defensive line. And you're one, one oh two. What is the point of that? Yeah, like I got oh, fresh rotators to have fresh bodies to help with that run. Well, to help up front in general, not necessarily right. to run, but but what's it doing you? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say they can't get any worse. What are they going to do against LSU? Because LSU is going to run the football down their throat. Yeah. And Jay Dam is going to be a big part of that. Yes, he will. I think Ole Miss is going to run football down the throat. Quinshawn Jenkins, um, he's been one of the best running backs in the country this season. That's a true freshman. I mentioned earlier, it's a great find by uh, Lane Kiffin and company there. Um, he's been amazing. And, I, you know, he had a, a 100 yards this past week against LSU. I mean, he's a guy who I think is going to have a field day against that defense. Mississippi well, State ran for 150 against Texas A&M. Yeah, they did. Like, honestly, I do believe A&M gets bow eligible. I think they can beat Auburn. I'm pretty sure they're going to beat UMass because UMass is absolutely horrible. But Ole Miss, Florida, LSU, those teams all have a lot to play for. Yeah. I'm saying that, you know, if they just – they got to win one of those to get bowl eligible. But then my Mm -hmm. other question is this. Let's just say hypothetically this team finishes five and seven. 
what happens to Jimbo next season? Because I don't think they're going to buy him out this year. See, see, that's the question that I was going to pose to you. Um, do you think there's a chance that they can buy him out this year? I think A&M could. But it, it would take a huge implosion. And, but I wonder this, okay? Because that's how I'm going to answer your question. A&M, the only way Jimbo's out is if, let's say they go four and eight, and the only team they beat down the stretch is UMass, I think then I can see them saying, okay, it's time to get rid of Jimbo. Only because do you want to limp into, be limping your way as Texas and Oklahoma join the big, Join the SEC. That's because that's another thing I think that's hurting AM right now. Oklahoma and Texas are coming. They're coming in 25. That yeah. is a fact. Yeah. You, you're limping your way through this season. Can you really afford to potentially limp in 24? No, you can't. 23 and 24. You can't. I don't like, think you can. like, it's one, of, but but it's one of the things where like I don't feel sorry for A and M though. You you the one who gave Jimbo this crazy guaranteed contract. Oh yeah. So um, either you can you're gonna pay the money regardless. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just like just suck it up, just pay up and move on. You know that's that's what I would do if I'm honest because I feel like this. I mean you I can say I can see you giving him one more year because he showed that he could bring in a great recruiting class, but you know yeah, but that's you know. We're not gonna get into but that. My question is like but, I don't believe the recruiting class is even gonna stay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying it for that matter. I'm just saying in the sense that you're showing that you can bring in that kind of talent. So correct. You know, you, so you have that to convince boosters, like, okay, hey, um, I'm showing you that I can recruit. So just give me some time to, you know, get this thing turned around. That's your selling point. But um in in reality, I think if he did not have that 86, 90 million dollar buyout, he would be gone. I honestly, I honestly I feel that way. I feel that way, and it's 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 one of those things where it's like I don't feel bad for A and M. You know that they're, they're the ones who made this deal with him to give him that. Because if I'm Jimbo, quite frankly, I wouldn't care. It's like you fire me, fine. I'm I'm gonna get ninety well, million dollars. I, say, if I stay. Pay. I'm gonna work and get ninety million dollars. Either way, I'm fine. Well, you ask, you say, hey, what's in Jimbo's future? I'm like being incredibly wealthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you said that, like, look. He's I, creating I, generational wealth by, by being terrible. Right, like, there's nothing you can do because even I said in the worst case, they go four and eight and they just beat UMass. That's still a huge price tag to pay at the end of the season. For, how many people want to hand a guy almost $90 million or $90 million, whatever it is, yeah. that just went four and eight? You know, it. It's got to be kind of how the Lakers are feeling with Westbrook mm-hmm. or the Nets feel with Ben Simmons. You know, you're paying the guy $48, $50 million this year. It's you're like, at least in Westbrook's case, he's going to, you know, he's going to work his butt off. But in Ben Simmons' case, you're paying a guy like $50 million who's going to give you five points. Yeah. And that's to me what Jimbo is. Jimbo right now is performing like Ben Simmons. <laughs> I mean, I like Ben Simmons, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I can't defend well, it no more. No, I well, I mean, he won't shoot. You know, the <laughs> potential is there, and that's why I think he's actually a good comparison. The potential for AM is there. It really is. But 
I just I just assume the chaos that's in College Station right now. I think players are gonna leave. But then you said you brought up something that I got I'm gonna ask you about. What you said, you know, Jimbo proved he can bring in that talent. What do you think about some you know, players and prospects who are just saying they're no longer they don't they're not considering A and M. Does that um, affect what he was saying? I mean, I think if they're able to bring in players, though, that's the thing. That's true. It's like it's the current class right now is not ranked nearly like it was last year, but no, they just don't have the numbers right now. But they still got you know a handful of five star players. Yes. Um. So I mean, they're 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 still doing fine. I think as the season goes on, when they start getting closer to signing day, they start you know adding more of those pieces. I think their green class is going to jump up you know near the top ten. Last right. year was just historic. That's that the reason that it, it created such such waves throughout the, world, the, the, um, the college football spectrum because it was considered one one of the not the greatest class in history. Because you remember, like USC used to bring those classes on Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll was only signing like eighteen players. You know, it, well, was, yeah. it might be ten five stars, but you know, well, yeah. he was, but he, he wasn't was recruiting. You know, right. but this is like a large class that was like a bunch of five stars and very high four stars. Because, you know, like we'll use Pete Carroll, when he brought in those rosters, those classes, I should say, like you said, 15 to 18 kids, and he was telling them, you don't have to redshirt. Yep. You know, he wasn't redshirt. You're just throwing freshmen out there, letting them play. I think for the most part, his teams, the only guys that I could say safely that really redshirt we're, fresh, we're freshman offensive linemen. Yeah. Just about everybody else. Hey, if you want to play, you get to play. You won't register. And- yeah. yeah. It, 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 that's one thing about Jimbo. I mean, not Jimbo. About Pete Carroll, I did admire, though. He did say, basically, it was like, hey, I give every player the, op- the option they want to play or not. Now, I'd be honest with them, and I tell them, hey, if you want to play, that's fine, but you might only get a few reps here and there. So, mm-hmm. so I might recommend you redshirt, but I'm not going to make you redshirt. To get that's what I say. I put the special teams I have to, or, you know. Right. That's I, what I say. Most of the guys I saw redshirt in the team are just offensive linemen, which is fairly common. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard to get adjusted to the game. You know, it's different. You're like, hey, I'm the biggest guy on the block. Yeah, in high school you are, but. Yeah. It, it's different. It's, I just think with a I guess my thought is this, and I, I made a pretty bold claim. I think about 12 to 15 players are going to leave out of that class. I just don't see why they would stick around. If you're a booster right now at a and let's just say my thoughts are correct, 12, 15, leave. Are you still feeling that confident? Um. No, I mean, like I said, if it was me, I'd just fire him. I mean, granted. So you should say it doesn't matter. It's, it's easy for me to say because it's not my $86 million. But it's one of those things where it's like, I, I just don't see it getting better. So okay. I would well, cut bait. And so I have a question about that, though. So what if a guy like Matt Rule, for instance, besides, you know, like, like you know, in the back channels, it's like, okay, well, if offered, Matt Rule would take this job. I just named him as the devil. He's like, you know, the coach, you know, just got fired from Carolina. Um, a lot of people are leaking him to cottage jobs like Nebraska, for instance, you know. Um, if a guy like him or any other guy, any other uh, big-time guy, if, I don't know, let's say it came out there that Lane Kiffin would, would be interested. You know, whatever. Like, if you have a guy lined up 
would you make that move? I say yes. But well, the question I have is this, okay? And perhaps because I didn't think about Matt Rule, but that is the thing we we had brought this up when uh, Colorado fired their coach. You know, teams fire their coaches early. Because they want to get a head start on finding yeah, a new coach. Exactly. And a lot of times it is just simply just working those channels and, you know, getting interest and stuff. Like, a lot of times it's simply just, you know, like you got people behind the scenes uh, vetting candidates and vetting agents and things. Okay. And, and you kind of get an idea of, like, oh, okay. Um, Realistically, if Colorado's telling the truth, when they the athletic director said, we are going to be recommitted to football, we can be contender. They're probably going to spend some money on their next football. And they would need to, and I hope they do. It'll, it'll be great for football if they can be, you know. I, you know, but Colorado has a lot of connections. You they know? have money. You know, see, people forget, you know, the all, the energy business is huge in Colorado, the state. They they send a ton of engineers in from that region, so they they have the resources and the pool and the connections to get it done. Does I would assume that's gonna that's gotta hurt A and M if they know the market because if I still think A and M is a more attractive job although it is a more although I will I will counter that though this with this with Colorado is more about the future of the Pac twelve which we you know kind of dived into uh, prior but I will uh, I will make a caveat though if you're a coach who you know your goal is to have the easiest path to the playoffs. Then Colorado would be the easiest path to the playoffs. Of course. But again, it goes back to kind of what we brought about with Tennessee. Well, uh, Tennessee is, you know, doing great, but Nebraska, you know, uh, Colorado was the team we brought up, you know, that, that it just, you know, that recruiting base in this day and age, it, it makes yeah. it, it makes it a lot tougher, you know, and, to. And I still think it, it still applies to Tennessee because if we're going to be honest here, this is Tennessee's shot. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, you know, what we said. About the uh, uh, flash in the pan, you're gonna have your flash in the pan. Mississippi State was number one in the season, you know, and they were looking like you know, looking amazing. Mm-hmm. It happens, you know, if, if you build things up, you know, have a good coach, have a good, you know, good roster coming in, like it, all things lined up. Yeah, you can have one of these type of seasons. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you can sustain that success. I do agree with you on that, right? That's a, a I, I'm unsure with Aiden right now. I just I know if I was a booster and they came to me and said, Hey, you know, King, can we, can we get 90 million for some reason I'm worth over, you know, billions. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll talk to train. We'll put it together. We got the nugget. We're going to cover it. If INTs just wrote that check for 90 million, how much do we got to spend to, to bring in Matt rule? So that's the thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're Matt Rule, do you play that uh, as, "Hey, you gave Jimbo this much, I won't." That's my it. point. Or if you're A and M, do you say, "Well, Jimbo won that some title." So, yeah, yeah. But even if you play that game, if I'm Matt Rule, I say, "Hey, you're gonna give me at least seventy percent of what he got." Yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna get. You know, a big deal. I, I was watching. Um, it was what was it? But it it, it was like a, a podcast on like uh, YouTube. 
And they were just talking about the way of the mega contracts. Do you feel that, you know, that might go away? And it is basically, you know, revolving around Jimbo because Jimbo got this mega. It wasn't the fact they got a mega contract. It's just the it's the guaranteed money that's creating this large buyout, you know. So I, I just don't see any teams doing that. Um, I saw a tweet from someone who basically just compared it to like when Charlie Weiss had a $19 million buyout in 2009 and that was like a huge deal right and, and now and now it's like yeah whatever so, we so love- yeah i mean i don't I, I don't see anybody get this type of contract with this type of buyout um again it's just i'm sorry like it's just the thing i don't can't do that unless you're nick saban the thing i don't understand with this is, and I, I i do mean this for all sports like i like how I like. I understand why sports have got guaranteed contracts for players. Oh, you know, I, I love guaranteed contracts. I, I get it. And th- this is the catch. I understand, even though I've never been like a favor of everything should be a hundred percent because I understand both sides. But I'm also not like in favor of like the NFL where they're like, "Well, train, you're a good player. Here's a guaranteed contract. I Man, only twenty percent is guaranteed. Well, you could work for the other eighty. I think yeah. that's... I've always hated I, that NFL. But I've always thought, like, if it were reversed and, like, hey, look, 80% of your deal is guaranteed. Yeah, you know, that's fair. And then you want to max out it, then we have a little bit of protection, you know? Because just in case you do suck, we at least get to save a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because we do... Or, or, not to get too far in rabbit hole here, or you could be one of those teams who, like, bench a guy when he's, like, six yards shy of 1,200 yards receiving... That would have kicked his bonus up, you know. That's unless, you're like, unless you're playing with Peyton to Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, uh, um, one of those, I forgot which one it was, but ask somebody, hey, um, how many yards you, you're waiting oh, for your bonus, whatever. Peyton Manning is legendary for it. You know, apparently, the offensive coordinators were in on it, like with the coaches and the uh, owners, like, hey, don't throw it to. Jeff, not Jeff Saturday, uh, Dallas Clark, you know, just called this play. So basically, I forgot who they were playing week 17, and Peyton was like, okay, who's got to get paid? Where are you? And I remember because Dallas was talking to Pat on his show, and he said, I told him, I was like, hey, man, I need about 80 yards this game. He said, don't worry about it. We got that. He's like, they're not calling <laughs> nothing for me. He said, mid-huddle. Peyton just draws in the snow. We're going to do this, this, this. Get open. I got you. And I was like, that is just amazing. He said he did it for everybody. You know, if you were such and such short, didn't matter. You were going to get that bonus. Or He was at least going to try. You know, they said Tom Bray was very much the same way. Whatever your deal was, they were going to try. And I just think right now, you got to be pretty foolish if you're giving a coach that much guaranteed money. Only off of potential? No. Yeah. I would, because like I said, I'm comparing this to Ben Simmons. I know the Nets have to regret that. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're regretting it. A&M's regretting it. Everybody's regretting it. But And like I said, I agree with you. I don't feel bad for him. Nobody told you to do that. Because what was the reason for it? Uh, I mean, I think they, they just wanted to make a splash. Well, they're going to make a splash, all right. 
I mean, like, I mean, in, in the fairness, Jimbo was, you know, removed from a national championship. So I, I understand it. You know, he won a national championship in 2013, and they, you know, were, were getting rid of uh, Kevin Sumlin, or as, as, as wise man once called him, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, but uh, the, <laughs> I ever just to piggyback off of that, Sumlin's last years were filled with chaos and locker room and disarray. Isn't that similar to what Jimbo's going to? Yeah, and I remember, um, I, I don't know when it was, but someone posted a stat like at, at a certain point this year when they basically said he had the same record that Sumlin had, you know, at the same point. And, yeah, I mean, it's not much better. All, all it is that you're paying him more. At least with Kevin Sumlin, you had an exciting offense. Yeah, this team, their offense is a shame. And if he can't get rolling, which is the reason why I don't think they're going to win too many more football games. I mean, they're definitely going to... That, that kid can't keep taking that pounding. Yeah. yeah. Just, he, uh, there's just no way. He's not Derrick Henry. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, A-Shane, yeah. he's a great player, but... So there's not going to be much trade left in those ties for Sunday at this rate. Yeah, so I guess my final question before we head out here with A&M. Um, what? So if if Jimbo comes back next year, what would it take for him to keep his job? And do you think because I mean, granted, he would still be owed seventy something million, so the buyout would still be huge next year. But I feel like if the same thing happens next year, he has to go. But what do you think he needs to do to keep his job? He's got to go ten and two or better. You think so? Because it, I think, and this I is say, this, I say nine and three. This is the reason why I say ten and two are better, because that's give you a little room for a slip up and let's say a loss to Bama. Yeah, but if you once again, if you're a booster and you see, okay, you guys lost to LSU, you lost to Alabama, and let's say you lose to Ole Miss. Well, okay, hold on, we can't do this for another year. Yeah. Because they only have they have two seasons left before Texas until, until the big until Big Brothers come because <laughs> I don't care what Big Brother says. and oh, Uncle exactly until those two show up you have two seasons to get this together because once Oklahoma and Texas get into the SEC pipeline your advantage is gone it's gone yeah yeah so the reason I say nine and three is simply because of that contract I think that um. You are right. Ten and ten and two is probably like the best case scenario, but I feel like nine and three. You know, it's so big. Um, I, just, my, I also my only thing yeah, is, I but, think it but I will say this, eight and four. What's that? I think it depends on who those losses are too. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like eight and four is kind of pushing. That's where it's like you know, okay, you may go, you may not. Seven and five, he's gone. Like I don't care what the bow is, he's gone. You but, think seven and five? I think seventy five. I think seventy five is when he's absolutely gone. Eight and four, depending on who his loss to, I think he's you know he might go, might not. It just depends on you know how people are thinking because the contract is very big. Where you don't think about it, and because of that, at nine and three, I think he'll be safe. I think at, I think at nine and three with that contract, they'll be willing to like okay, well we made progress. We jumped from whatever we had this year to nine and three. My only question is this. If once again, because I agree, with you, I think they should just bite the bullet now and let get a coach who can start preparing for the Oklahoma and Texas to show up. 
if they keep him next season, you know, you got one year, like you said, before Big Brother and Uncle come in. Mm-hmm. And what has he shown you that, to me that makes you think that it's going to be a lot different? Because that's what I said. I think if, if he loses to LSU Bama, Ole Miss, or LSU Bama State, can I think he's gone. Yeah. I think if he loses like his three losses, and if, I think you're right. If he goes seven and five, he's out of there. Oh, he's out. I, the only, and if they keep him and he's seven and five, the buyout has to be. It, maybe they just don't want to spend the money. Yeah, that could be real. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Like if, if he if he's still there after bad season, just uh, he's like, hey, we just want to. We we gotta pay him anyway, it's but cheaper but this way. We're not gonna pay two cheap two coaches, like you said, cheaper to keep him. That that's gonna say you don't wanna pay two coaches because that's the only thing I could think of. Like I think if he goes part of me says eight and four won't keep him. Yeah. I mean like I said, that's one that that like that's that you know, that buffer like okay. But I guess the real it can go either way. I guess the my final question. Do you think he gets to see Texas and Oklahoma step no. the SEC? Nope. Not even got to finish the season. Nope. I mean, I mean, finish. Whoa. Nope. I don't think so. Yeah, he doesn't see it. Nope. I don't. Yep. But yeah, I, I mean, I think they'll make a huge mistake. If, if they don't fire him this year, I think they're making a huge mistake. All right. Final prediction. They're three and four right now. Um, what's their final regular season? Six and six. All right. I got six and six also. But yeah. I'm 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 saying six and six. <laughs> but if yeah, they, 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 they could lose Ole Miss. They could lose the Florida. They could lose the uh, LSU. The uh, only win I got for sure is UMass. Yeah, exactly. Auburn. I mean, they got to go to Auburn. They both. Look, they're both Auburn's are Auburn's a weird team. Auburn, look, Auburn's playing for their for their bowl life. Yeah, and, I say six and six. Though I I honestly think they'd be Ole Miss. I think they'd be Auburn. And I think they beat UMass. Well, I mean, I forgot the coach's name at Auburn, but he's fighting for his job too. If he's not, oh, Harson is gone too. Yeah, but you know, we could have done we could have done these job with them, but they've been going all season. They're a basketball school. Yeah, now. yeah, they're going through the motions. Yeah, they, yeah, that team's done. But that that guy might be saying, "Hey, you know, I'm getting fired, but you'll get fired too, Jim." <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if Ed and hire Harson just to save some money. Like, hey, we, we, we can pay you cheaply. Just, you know, we just okay. need somebody. I'm going to just say this. <laughs> if for some reason he's on the short list, I'm sorry, INTs. I'm applying at a Oh, yeah. Be like that guy. I don't know if you saw this uh, before we probably leave, but it was a guy on, um, on like, TikTok or something who was, like, applying for jobs. Uh, on like you know, college football head coaching job because you know that they, they actually got it posted to the university, job, so it actually legitimately has to get posted. Uh, and he was like using his NCAA football, uh, <laughs> resume <laughs> achievements as a resume and apply for jobs. Why, look, if you're gonna give that guy another head coaching job, you might as well give us give me a shot. I know, right? You, you know, you know how many national titles I've won. Well, I can't say I can't speak to that part because <laughs> we choked it. How many top raccoon classes we brought in? The wars yeah, we've had, that, man. That I can talk about. Bro, yeah. had one of the greatest linebacking cores in the history of 
NCAA football. And he did not recruit a single one of those guys. And they all transferred in. Yeah. Still had one of the greatest. But yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting down the stretch. I don't know what Texas AM is gonna do. Yeah. But I think they gotta make a decision this year. They do. I agree. That's what I would do. All right. All right. So that about wraps it up for another edition of INT the podcast. Any final thoughts before we head out? I can't wait for the Friday show. Can't wait to talk some more football. Yeah, you got predictions. Oh yeah, last week I I would have went six and zero. By the way, if we would have had our show, just FYI. Uh, yeah, I think I think we a lot of us would did good this past week. Yeah, this week I already I'm telling you now I'm spoiling it. Ohio State's gonna blow the doors off of Penn State. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. All right. Like I said, uh, that will wrap it up for this edition of INT's podcast. I'm your host, A-Train, uh, my co-host, King, and we out of here. Deuces.